Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. After one heck of an October, we're off to a great start in November. Could this just be the start of the year-end rally? Johnson & Johnson pays a huge premium for a biomed. Is this, is this a, new, a new sector coming to live? Biotech's been dead money for a long time. Got some good earnings out there, folks, to discuss. Let's get it started with Money Mitch. Come on, roll that intro. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. The rally continues up 40 handles at 39.23. We caught a bid right off that 6 p.m. open just above the close. And uh, we're knocking on the door of our September 20th high. So uh, after that, things really open up. Uh, The buck is helping out down 73 cents at 110.68. Those that are looking for the Fed pivot are looking at the TLT up a buck 35 at 97.46. Crude still trying to get through 90 bucks, but up a buck 71 at 88.24. Gold comes to life up 16 bucks, 1656.70. Silver, high ho silver up 85.6 cents at 19.975. Bitcoin up a buck 95 at 20,575, trying to clear 21K. And Ethereum futures, they're quiet. They're up 29 bucks at 1595. So, Triple D, I mean, the rally continues here. Is, uh, is Santa Claus coming to town in November? Or what's going on with these? I markets? mean, he's coming, but he's bringing coal. <laughs> he's bringing coals. <laughs> We got money, Mitch, staying on the bear bandwagon. <laughs> He's bringing coal for you guys. I didn't think the trading action was that good yesterday. You saw a lot of stocks. You know, the mega caps really not participating. Apple's down almost all day. Meta continues to make new lows. Oh. Amazon was down. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a mega cap, so you continue to see this value trade to a certain extent there. But yesterday was not an impressive day for the no. markets. But then he come in and... Buy the dip overnight, whatever it is, and they're ripping them higher here once again. I mean, even the meme stock rally, it failed very quickly yesterday. We talked about, you know, when you get to these late innings of these rallies, it always seems like it's the GMEs that all of a sudden start to take off, and that's usually, you know, it spells the end. I mean, the GME gave it all back. You know, it was up at one point in time, I think, 18% or 20% and gave the entire rally back. So... Looking at that as an indicator, I think I'd actually be a seller of the rip, at least lightening up into it. It's been a good rally. We're not out of the woods. We're going to get 
Fed speak this week too, and that is something to consider because there's no way they're going to indicate anything about a pivot. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's no indication. I'm with Money Mitch. I think the Fed speak going to be harsh. I think the Fed speak is going to be harsh. So. I, I, I agree. I was on with the chief on uh, Stocks and Jocks this morning, and he was he's saying this rally was predicated on the Fed going a half. And I'm like, if they do that, then I think the market is going to go into a tizzy. They, would, You know, the Fed is taking a stance, and I think they're sticking with it. Maybe they might hit at a half at the next meeting or something, but I think they're sticking with the three quarters. And just going back to yesterday, it was like, there were no aggressive sellers out there. I mean, yeah, we got hit. We couldn't clear 3,900, but the, you know, like people, the bids were there. Whoever got short on Friday or, you know, didn't deploy their assets. And so it was like one of those blah days, really, really tight range. So you can look at it as, you know, there weren't aggressive sellers nor aggressive buyers, but they couldn't hurt the market yesterday. And then, you know, you open up at 6 p.m., there's less liquidity. You start lifting offers, lifting offers, lifting offers. And here you are. I just will note that your last after hours print, your 5 p.m. print on Friday was at 39.23, right? And here you are right there. You uh, you hit 39.23.75. So new month, new end month. of October. I mean, what does this mean? It was one of the best Octobers for the Dow, according to Ryan Dietrich, in I think 20 years. Um, obviously, we were coming from the gutter, so it wasn't so much to be celebrated here. But at the same time, a rally is a rally, and it's been a nice rally off the lows. I just started thinking about, let's look at the S&P and do some fun math. The 50% retracements, which have worked so well this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go from 431 on the SPY, down to 367. Oh, that's tough math this early in the morning. But 31 and 33 sounds to me like about 64. Take half of it, go 32 off the 348 low, bring it to well, we're we're above the 50 percent, Joel. If I'm doing that math right. So you're you're going from that uh, from the, the recent August, August high? high. Yeah. Okay. 431 okay. down to the oh no, it's 348. I grabbed the wrong low. 348 is the low. So then you got to go, wow, that really got low to spy. So 348. <laughs> so we got 52 and 31. Too much math for me. Man. I know, this man. That's why I have charting. And, and it's early. I'm just trying to wake oh, up. I actually slept in today. 83. 930 in the S&P right here, right now. If you go from sure. that. Yeah, see, I do it by a tool. just has the tool. That's, That's what we do, Joel. Joel, Joel and I were like, dude. You're not using the calculator and doing the long use, division here. And use Joel chart tools, tool. man. Come on. Chart tools. <laughs> Let's think about it, though. We topped out yesterday or two days yeah. ago at the 50%. Now we're bumping our heads back up there again. Very important day. Need to get above that 50%. Stop stop these rallies, you know, because we've seen this before multiple times where they fail around the 50%. And remember, we're still in a bear market, so you can't just jump in and say, yeah, this is the next bull. There's a lot of issues here ahead. And the Tina trade is dead. Lots of, you know, 5% now is what you're getting in Canada on these GICs. 5%. One year, guaranteed money, 5% we give you for it. That sounds pretty dang good. So not when uh, you have inflation at 8 but it sounds like I want to go and risk, you know, on these utilities and risk these other things to pick up another point or two. So I think it's been a good rally. I think it's time to maybe, if you're in them for trades, I think about ringing the register here on some stuff. And I think if you've been underwater and you can't take the heat, 
it's time to you know time to maybe lighten on some stuff up too. But with that being said, if you've been all cash, I don't know. I I wouldn't want to be all cash. I wouldn't want to be all stock right now. I think you got to be balanced. Uh, you mentioned that 50% area in the S&Ps. This is the level I thought we would test yesterday. Uh, you're going back to your September 20, you know, some highs in late September. That was after we came down uh, off the uh, off that, the bad uh, August CPI reading. And now you're coming, there's three highs in the same area. I, I agree with you. It is the 50%. Uh, just nothing. that the, But this year has been like, you know, Sometimes these 50% are just great numbers, but just have to wait and see. It's one thing taking it out during the day, but, you know, it's the end of the day, the closes. So, yeah, we're at a nice rally. If this was your target, take your targets on things like this. But, uh, man, still getting some pretty good earnings reports and from, you know, uh, from the same characters, right? But uh, do you want to do that or do you want to talk about this J&J deal? I mean, this is a big deal holy mackerel mitch give us the news congratulations to a biomed shareholders all right so johnson and johnson to acquire a biomed for 380 dollars a share in cash plus a cvr worth up to 35 dollars a share johnson johnson would acquire through a tender offer all outstanding shares for an upfront payment of $380 a share, corresponding to an enterprise value of $16.6 billion, which includes the cash acquired. A Biomed is a leading first-to-market provider of cardiovascular medical technology. So if you're wondering why J&J went after them, looks like they like their uh, cardiovascular medical technology and wanted a part of their portfolio. Um, I'm long J&J overnight, so I'm getting the beats on that one a little bit, which kind of sucks. Obviously, choir goes down. One thing to consider, it is a cash deal for the most part, it sounds like, so they don't usually knock them down as bad as if this was an all-stock deal. So J&J trading down a buck. The ABMD windfall for shareholders, obviously, here. Congratulations if you're long this thing. Uh, what I find is interesting is we've had a few biotech deals in the last couple of months here where we were kind of crickets for a while. So I keep thinking it's going to start to spark interest in the XBI. The XBI sets up not bad. I mean, from a technical basis here, Joel, we've pulled back off the highs and we start to show a little bit of life here again. I think the XBI is interesting because if people start speculating in biotech stocks again and we start to get more deals, you'll see this XBI get more interest. It's had no interest because there's been very few deals in 2022, but we've seen a couple lately. We see another one here from a big gun, J&J, with a huge premium. Makes me think XBI is interesting here. It gets real interesting over 84 bucks. Kind of had a bad day yesterday, right? Kind of uh, closed near the low of the session, getting a little bit of a lift from the deal. I'm just looking at that, like uh, four out of your last five highs around the $84 area. That's still <clears throat> almost 80 cents away. Uh, so I think that's where that gets uh, real interesting uh, above 84 uh, nice move off the bottom, but I'd be focusing on that. Also, look at its uh, if its brother IBB. Uh, that's uh, that had a nice area, uh, trio of highs at one thirty. Uh, that you know, just another area. You know, where's the money that's coming out of tech? Where's it going? Drugs. Where's it going? It has to find a home, right? Yeah, 
I mean, an XBI has always been correlated with the Qs more, and IBB is more defensive because it's got the big guns in there with the bigger dividends. So more established companies in the IBB. There's a big difference between IBB and XBI. Um, and if you look, you know, you want to just, do you have the components, Mitch, that you can show them? Because I think this yeah, is a good lesson because I trade these all the time. And I know IBB and XBI, even though it's all full of drugs, can trade differently at times, depending on what the market is looking for. And I mean, right now, this market sets up on the IBB actually better because it's not as speculative. And you're buying, you know, those drug names with the cash flows are a lot more stable. If I bring up IBB and just look at the top components and XBI is equal weighted. So it's all little stuff, all equally weighted. But in IBB, it's a completely different animal. Uh, my system is actually very slow here this morning, so you might actually beat me here. I'm trying to come on. Have, you can show IBB me the you holdings can show me. at least. Yeah, IBB so the top holdings. component in IBB is Amgen. Second is Gilead. Third, Vertex. Okay. Nine, six, and four. Regeneron is four. Illumina is three. So you can see the big difference here. One, it's not equally weighted. So you don't have everything just sprayed down. And two, it's more heavily into the bigger names. So you're not going to have as much, you know, the speculation in this. It's more established companies. There are Biogen's there. Moderna is there, which obviously grown up, you know, a lot in the last couple of years from COVID. And there's some smaller ones too, but some big guns in there. So that's what's to consider is XBI can act differently at times. I'm just saying if we're going spec, they're going to start going spec. XBI would be your play if you think there's going to be more yeah, smaller deals. Definitely the ones that have the better moves in the top of the range, right? Majority of the ETF, those are the ones that are making moves like VRTX, Genron. Those are not, those are not the ones bad that stocks. are really in favor right now because mm -hmm. one, they're lower PE stocks. Two, they're established companies with stable cash flow. So if you do go into a recession, a lot of people are still taking their drugs. So, I mean, that's why I think you've seen and we, you know, been all over the Gilead trade. But, you know, to that point, I think Guy Dami has been over, all over the Amgen trade. He's been absolutely correct. Amgen's been making new all-time highs, actually just kissed a new all-time high in the last couple of days after, you know, being down in the gutter here for, you know, a couple of years. Uh, Biogen, we know the story there. We've covered it well. I still yeah, feel like I'm still long. I still, still feel like it might. Yeah. Lily's down on its earnings, so I always look at, you know, I kind of pair Lily and Biogen because they both got the Alzheimer's drug kick in there. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that puts any weight on Biogen today here, but Lily, you know, it's trading down five bucks in the pre-market, but it's just had a hell of a run. But you get these pullbacks and these drug stocks, it seems like just as much as this overhead supply and all those mega cap techs, there's underneath demand and all these drug stocks. Let's give their EPS here. EPS coming in at a dollar ninety-eight, beating the dollar ninety-two estimate. Sales at six point nine four billion, beating the six point nine one billion estimate. Eli Lilly sees full year twenty-two adjusted EPS at seven dollars and seventy cents to a high end of seven dollars and eighty-five cents, uh, versus a prior range that was at seven dollars and ninety cents on the low end to $8.05 on the high end. So definitely a lowered guidance there on their adjusted EPS for the full year 22. Oh, Street, oh. ooh, lead him the wrong way into the report. That's why he got whacked here. He went down under 350. Yeah, 346.94. Then you rallied nine bucks above that. I would just do it as of right now. If I was, if I, if I had been short and I was, I'd be like, oh man, can I get yesterday's low? I mean, 
three that's six bucks away at 350 46 and then i think things are really gonna thicken up on the upside here just from the fact that you hit the all-time high yesterday and the all-time closing high i'd even like if it got near 360 your two-day close 59.90 but uh big big green candle yesterday people got stuffed off to report so a little bit of a uh, little bit of regret on that Oh, I think they're all over Let's dips on this to... thing. People are speculating they want to so own this company. Money managers want to own this company. I cannot believe they knocked $15 off the price of this. I would have been awake. I'm, I, I'd have probably been buying this thing at $350 if I would have been awake at that time and was hitting those lows. But like I said, I slept in today. I was out Halloween with the kids, doing some <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so I don't often sleep in, but I didn't get up till after 7 o'clock. That is a big good turnout for me. Good um, turnout. Not at my house because you got to go down the long driveway. So we've yeah, never my had any either. kids before. <laughs> we've never had a kid here before because you got to go down the long, creepy driveway, I guess. But <laughs> we put some stuff at the road, and then uh, we had nine kids. So oh, that's really? something. Oh, Dennis. Oh, that's not good for you, man. You're going to be eating a lot of candy if uh, if you. Well, and then it. my kids go out, and they, you know, went to different neighborhoods, obviously, because our neighborhoods kind of, you know, not as many houses and it's longer streets and stuff, and some older people so yeah we, we went to some other neighborhoods and they just cleaned up so yeah there's bags and bags of candy coming at me so yeah yeah you might as well go along you know what though i weighed myself for the first time in like six months i was expecting 215 plus and i was 206 no way yeah something no, wrong playing no way. i know no, i was actually no. i kind of felt a little bit like because when i get chubby it starts getting my cheeks here and stuff you know i shaving i cut myself a little roll of fat there but you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, long. I'm going long. i'm yeah, so no. i'm too tender because you've been sick with no run it well that probably helped too but running <laughs> yeah. around this bloody house doing this and doing that and you know in this new house and organizing this and going up three sets of stairs and I think it's actually this house is like built for like losing weight. <laughs> yeah, you know, Lisa told 206, me two oh six. That's the lightest I've been in like years. Wow. I'm so steady. I, I'm steady, Eddie, because I work you know work out. But uh, what do you Lisa, weigh? What buck eighty three? Buck eighty three holds. Yeah. That's the swimming. Yeah, the but uh, the interesting thing Lisa said about the candy, and it kind of goes with my my COVID theory. Uh, she read an article about if you have older kids come by. Like, don't say you're too old to trick or treat, you know, just, Never. you know, and that goes with my, my two year pass. Anybody from like five to like 18, they get a two year COVID pass, right? You know, the kids who are in high school and the kids in elementary school. So if you're, if you're 15 and you're trick or treating, I give you your two year COVID pass. You're only 13, but we had, we had a pretty good turnout. Uh, we still got some a lot left over. You know, first I hand out too much, and then I hand out too little, and then I'm handing out too much. But uh, it, it was a good night. It, it actually was a good night. But uh, let's get back fun. to stocks. Let's go to How Pfizer. Pfizer that we both own. Yes. Go ahead. Pfizer, Pfizer. adjusted EPS coming in at a dollar seventy eight beats the dollar and forty seven cent estimate. Sales at twenty two point six billion beat. The $21.37 billion estimate that did raise full year 22 revenue guidance from $98 billion to $102 billion on the high end. What they did raise is they raised the low end here to $99.5 billion. The high end still at $102 billion. 
Nice rally for Pfizer. I'm long this in the long-term account. I've been long for a decade. It's not going anywhere. I've been all over the place. Obviously, COVID bonus, you know, when the thing was up mm-hmm. at 50 or $60, which was actually a sell back then, which I would have hedged it back then. Yeah. 48. You still long this one too, Joel? Yeah, yeah. I got Joel it. never I got sells. It. If he enters his portfolio, he's in it forever. He's longer <laughs> holding period than Warren Buffett. I think it makes Joel's it easier. Warren it makes it, it easier. Because you know, then you're not worried, plan. oh, I got to get in, I got to get up. I'll tell you right now, if I would have saw this at 48.50 today, that's a huge. For, actually, I did see it at 48.50, just above that. That's a huge move for a big old thick stock. 427,000 shares have traded. Oh, man. Is there anything on the dailies up there? The pre-market high, actually, 48.75. What do you got? I bet you there's got to be something on the dailies there. Uh, Nope, 48.52 was uh, your August uh, 23rd high. After that, it opens up to 49.5. But, man, you got to do some heavy lifting, I think, to get it back up to the the pre-market high. Top of yesterday's range. You never know. Pfizer sometimes have these big, uh, big up opens. They come in and just slam it for some reason. And the top of yesterday's range is not out of the question. That's forty-seven thirty-nine uh, was the top of yesterday's range. All right, we'll see what happens with these drug uh, stocks. Healthcare stocks have been doing pretty well. And to keep an yeah, eye it, on these because they've Mitch, definitely been point, in strength. It's about rotation. If we go risk on, mm-hmm. if we're going risk on, we start getting through this 50% on this S&Ps and they start buying up all, you know, the GMEs again, which they were buying yesterday, you know, and start buying the Bitcoin and they start buying, going risk on. Where is Bitcoin? I haven't looked at it for a while. This is a little it bit is here are the futures. Job. It's had a nice little rally. It's it, it's uh it's pausing at twenty one k right now. Uh, above twenty one. It's starting to show life there though. It's starting to show life. Look at this is the the futures. It's just I don't know. It it's not an inflation hedge considering what you know what the market has done as of late. Well, the market's done it, but it's been tech stocks. I I don't know what this is core. I don't know if this is correlated with anything. I mean, there you go. Twenty one k. You got hear. some. You got some room over the upside. There's the Bitcoin futures, but. Uh, 18, kind of a trading range, lower $18,000 handle, kind of top of the trading range. Uh, maybe maybe we can set up for the Thanksgiving rally. That's not too far away, right? What's that, three weeks from Thursday, right? Or is it four weeks? Is Thanksgiving I thought it was supposed to be this bad year? this year because everybody has to tell, you know, all their friends and family <laughs> how bad their Bitcoins were over yeah, the course of yeah. the last year. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be uh, – w- what about my NFT this year? <laughs> oh yeah remember the nfts <laughs> i don't even know how you value like a lot of people say oh yeah but it's still worth this because there's no market on these things so i guess there's a market on some of them but nfts were stupid the day they were created in my opinion sorry nfts we we've hated nfts on this show since birth and i'm still staying on the nft bandwagon of bearishness so i just don't get it whatsoever don't get the appeal don't get why you would pay for digital hockey cards. I've always had, you know, real hockey cards. I like to hold them and see them. And I could put them on my wall, not on my computer screen of wallpaper. So anyway, sorry, NFT <laughs> lovers there. Still hate them. Don't worry, Dennis. There's enough to go around for everybody else. Um, let's keep going. Let's get into other stocks here. Let's go to the next one. And let's go to Uber. 
I did see the chat want to talk about Uber. So I got you, Chad. I see you. Wow. Let's get to it. Wow. Uber Q3 sales coming in here at 8.3 billion, beating the 8.13 billion estimate. Gross bookings at 29.1 billion, up 26% year over year. Monthly active platform consumers at 124 million, up 14% year over year. Uber's Q3 net loss at 1.2 billion, including 512 million net headwind, primarily due to unrealized losses related to equity investments and 482 million in stock-based compensation expense. And uh, Uber, I, I never got some of that stock-based compensation expense. Should have sent that over. <laughs> Every time they on- come, you go, they go they knock this thing down on. Uh- uh, unionization, right? Mm-hmm. They, every time they knock it down on that, it seems like it, it, it comes back. I'll just say this kind of fits into me with like the airlines and the cruise lines and the reopening. You know, people are getting out and doing things. So this doesn't surprise me. It's holding a strong bid here as we speak, up almost three bucks, 11 percent. Hold out for 30, maybe? You got a pair of highs just over 30, 30, 19, and 30, 24. I mean, not too far away here. I'd be looking at it as a potential target. Triple D, any thoughts on Uber? I'm not going to chase something up 11%. I've been saying before is Uber is going to be profitable here coming up soon. It has the potential to grow into this valuation, believe it or not. I don't know if it's going to ever be a reasonable multiple, but I believe they're going to be profitable as soon as next year, like making some decent coin. I think I'd be a buyer of Uber on pullbacks, actually, but I'm not chasing up 11%. And what about Lyft? Is Lyft getting a lift off this? Yeah, I I pair trade these things continuously. So, you know, these two stocks move together very, very well. We're getting an 8% lift in Lyft, so not quite as much. But the leader always moves more, at least usually does. But that's a huge sympathy move for 8% versus 10%. Lyft didn't even say anything. So, bar lifted for Lyft now, though. 1591, uh, that was your high, September 22nd. So, 1591. You also had, like, that low that one day at 1580. So we'll see what happens. It does. Uh, this is a low price stock, though. Markets up. I mean, who would have thought that Wind Resorts would have done what it did yesterday, Dennis, right? Up another 250. Yeah. The double catalyst yesterday with uh, Tillman Fertitta, Fertitta, whatever, potato, patata. And, uh, and then um, also China. Uh, came out and is basically making it easier for people to get over to Macau here. So, I I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be short these stocks. I know they've had big moves in the last couple of days, but you know they're scrounging. You know you get the spoos up, you get that buy everything mentality. Uh, I I look out on these stocks. A lot of these stocks have really like you you know Laura saying Unity in the chat. I bought Unity about a week and a half ago. It hasn't really done much. I was up in it. I was down in it. I think I'm like twenty nine bucks. My average there got down like twenty six ninety two, and you're like, what do I do? You know, you're thinking about, and then it bounced right back. So we're just hanging out. But I've put a little bit of risk on. Like, you know, I've taken it from 55%. I think I looked last, it was 32% cash. So I've brought it down a little bit. Bought a few stocks, you know, Unity. Uh, that OGN I bought was a really good one so far. That um, Or I talked about that one like a week and a half ago when I bought it. Or Oregon on. It was an old spinoff from, I don't know if it came from Merck or came from somewhere. I don't know how you that bought good... that chart, Dennis. You, you're brave. You know why? 
because drug stocks started lifting there in the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, here's a sneaky one that's trading with a low PE. So there I was you running, go. I was looking for scans on low PE drug stocks with decent dividends, 4.24%. Really? Completely forgotten. I almost got, well, I bought at 24, so I didn't quite get the low because it got down to 22.88, but it's now up at 26 and a half. I was like, I'm up like 10% on that in a week. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's a pretty good move. Uh, so I don't know if I'd be chasing it here now, but I think there's room to 28 here. Uh, that was the whole reason. Is I met you, I was looking for drug stocks that had low multiples and kind of fit the bill. Now, one thing what that we rally. had, I think one thing that we need to keep in mind, right, is what led this rally back, right? Um, I think we're bringing up some growth names there, some tech names, but is that what led this rally back? No, it was the value names, right? A lot of the defensive names have gone up in the last week. Um, and so I'm keeping an eye on a lot of those defensive names to see if they're going to start turning around and see if the rotation goes to growth, right? If this rally can continue, maybe they start actually rotating to some of those growth names like a Unity, a Snow, or other kind of ARKK names that you guys can keep an eye out for. And uh, Kathy's hanging on there. She's the, still hanging on. The time to be bearish those names is I feel like past us, the reason, you know, and Leon, Leon Cooperman's on CNBC right now, he's always bearish. So we'll see what he has to say. But um, I think, I think you know, what turned for me was that day, the Money Mitch low, where the CPI came out and, you know, we had that You get a lot of credit number, for that And low, we closed Mitch. higher and we ran. Yeah, but I... on bad news. <laughs> Joel, like everybody, reminds me on uh, Twitter every day. But you didn't put your money where your mouth is. I don't care, Mitch. I give you props because you put your money. Your mouth was correct. And yeah, correct. sometimes. I don't care if you didn't put your money in it. Your mouth was correct. So good job, Mitch. I'll give you props. No, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is that when I focus more on just trying to tell you what I'm seeing out there and not being so focused on making money off of every decision that I'm making, that's usually when I'm going to be a little bit more in the zone. And so uh, a lot of times that's what I try not to do, you know, try to focus more on trying to bring us what potentially could happen value pointing flags there but i also am not going to take a trade off of every little thing that i talk about right because then that wouldn't really make sense you got to look for the edge and that's all that matters oh and, and that's it we're talking people are asking on the show and like do you like that chart i don't buy everything that i say i like yeah. i buy some things it's got to like ducks are in a row right you know like exactly. you're giving opinions we give like a dozen opinions on the show every day something might strike my fancy like you know that i don't even know where i got the ogn from yeah um, either do but, i <laughs> but but anyways um you know something somewhere along the line somebody's asked me about that and then you're looking for low p drug stocks and i was like well that's what i was looking for was low p drug stocks and i'm like it's in the gutter the chart looks like hell you know who buys a chart going straight down long term making sense i'll buy a chart going straight down i'm a contrary and a hurt me and sean Udall will buy charts that are going straight down if we think it's turned around maybe not so much for trades but i've always said i'm a contrarian investor so I don't mind investing in something that, you know, it's going down. Trading is a different story because trading is more momentum. But if I start seeing, you know, I'm based on relationships. If mm -hmm. I start seeing drug stocks start to catch a bit, I'll look for those laggards. OGN, I felt like was a laggard. I'm getting paid for that. All right, let's move forward. I'm going to bring us to Sony. And this is one that I will go ahead and give you guys a little seasonality play. So Sony has a tendency of running from uh, October until December. And it looks like we just started getting the leg moving here. You guys can take a look in, you know, 2021. 
this did that run. In 2020, it did that run. In 2019, it did that run. Um, I didn't go far as back as 2018. And if you want, you can take a look at this yourself, but has a tendency to run seasonality there. Uh, EPS coming in at $1.54, beating the $1.28 uh, cent estimate. Sales at $19.93 billion, beating the $18.4 billion estimate. What a juicy looking chart this was yesterday. I mean, I love that move off the low and the consolidation. Only 80. I don't know. I'd, I'd wait to try and buy this on a pullback. I don't know when and if you're going to get it. Maybe, wow, I don't know, 68. Exact double top at 67. Oh, not exact. I don't know. I'm a buyer at 68. I'm not chasing it up here at uh, 70, 60. Triple D, got any What's thoughts on this one? on this puppy? I think it's pretty low. What's the I P on this thing? Here's a sneaky one. Give me one, one second. I got you here. Here's a sneaky one. It's got a low P, I think. I think uh, the low four, of the year is in. It's 14. 14.4. 14, 14. Pretty That's low. Pretty, pretty low. Kind of fits the bill. Lower P stock. Looking. Break it out. I'd buy pullbacks. Yeah, same thing here. Seven, it's right up at your September twenty second high. If you're, you know, if you're banking on the dailies here, and then your highs are just next one above that seventy one forty nine. But a uh, little bit of thinner one here. Sony Group uh, breaking out. S and P's man, there is a relentless bid out there mm-hmm. uh, right now. We're up about forty three handles at uh, thirty nine twenty six. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and I, I don't know. Won't. I don't know if I don't know if this this fifty percent is gonna is gonna do my. I don't know about this one. I mean, uh, let's go for a bigger fifty percent retracement. Like, what about the whole year of fifty percent retracement? Ooh, Joel, you're exciting me here. <laughs> but, uh, oh. 4,800. Let's get the chart out. 4,800 to 3,500. Let's see. Yeah, my the whole I, I year, the whole year, the whole enchilada. Yeah, uh, let's that do one. it. Oh, the tool oh, is failing us. There we go. Uh, 4175. 4175. Yeah, let's call it 4200. I'll tell you what you will need. There are ways from the overall 50% retracement. You're telling me. I'll tell you what you will need. You will definitely need a dovish uh, pal tomorrow, and um, uh, that's where I think that the markets can still run. I don't think you're going to get Powell it. Powell comes in and pals yeah. us down, but I don't know. I, I, I can't see him turning around just because of what no. the Fed has clearly tried to do, which is what? You're not have getting credibility. Talk. It's going to counter everything he's about right now if he starts talking dovish. He doesn't want asset prices higher. He wants asset prices lower. He wants to beat inflation, and the market is slapping him in the face and laughing at him. So I think he's going to be as hawkish as ever. Why is he going to start going dovish at this point in time? It's counterproductive here. He wants asset prices down. That's why it's been a hell of a rally. It's been nice. Now the Fed speak is coming. That's trouble. Cooperman's saying we're heading towards a recession. Well, yeah, we kind of know. The Fed is inducing the recession. The Fed needs to induce the recession in order to get inflation in check. So with all that, 
It's you're buying stocks, you're fighting the Fed. So as soon as you get Fed speak, you don't want to be long stocks. I think there's going to be zero talk of a pivot. I think there's going to be zero talk of slowing down. I think it will be as hawkish as ever. And it's been a nice run in stocks. We're up from the lows, 348 to 390 here today. We're up 12% in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Flush it down the toilet. 14 trading days. We're up 12%. That's a good move. So as a trader, I'm ringing the register. As a long-term investor, I'm holding some stocks, maybe lightening up a little bit, but not going crazy because we have the buy the dip mentality is back. But I don't think there's going to be any type of pivot coming from the Fed tomorrow. I think the best you can hope for would be, uh, uh, okay, we're going three quarters and maybe we'll go a half next time. But uh, who do we have in the background there? Uh, Mr. Seymour, Mitch, you want to bring him on? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Heck yeah, let's go ahead. Let's get right to it. Let's bring on none other than Tim Seymour, CNBC's Fast Money, and of course, CIO of Seymour Asset Management. Let's bring on our guest today. Excited to go ahead. Get right to it. All right. Ranger Rangers shirt. Rangers. He's representing. He's yeah. representing. We had to do this, right? I feel like we've turned this into a hockey show. So I was, also <laughs> told, I was told no suits and ties. Um, I was suits. Uh, what was that movie with Harrison Ford and Melanie Griffith where the uh, working girl, I think the suits were, uh, they were villainized back then. So you don't want to be a suit today. You no, want to be no rocking, rocking your, your sweater, so to speak. And uh, here I am. Hey, you got, a, got a nice sweater though. Nice sweater. You got to keep Thank it you. nice. Appreciate they got that. a good team. I mean, the Rangers got a pretty good team this year. I'm looking there and their their team's strong enough. I actually grabbed Lafreniere in my hockey pool as a late pick. And I'm like, sure. the team's too damn strong because he can't get off the third line. He can't get to the first unit power play. So I'm yeah. like, it's kind of a wasted pick almost because you're not there. Those top guys, Panarin and Zabinajet, are eat up all your ice time there. So he's it, they're that strong that the first overall pick just doesn't seem to have a path to get up to those top two lines. It's not that he's not skilled enough. It's that the team's too strong ahead of him. I like what you're doing there, Dennis. Uh, Lafie has <laughs> got got a high ceiling, um, but he's a two way player. He, he plays within the system. I mean, he's, he's also got everybody's back on the ice. So, I mean, he's the kind of guy you want on your squad. But he, he, he I, I do think he's going to light the he's going to light the net for 30 goals at some point. I don't know if you're going to get it this year. And, and people forget it. I think he's, you know, he's 21 years old. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys come up into the league and, and they're young and we expect things right away. And they're, you know, all those cliches. I mean, they're, they're growing into their body. They're, they're figuring out the game. The, the pace is a lot faster. Um, kind of like the markets, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of young kids out there who who haven't who have not seen this before, um, and there's some grizzled veterans skating around them, you know, knocking them into the corner and saying, "Folks, you know, it, it, when I kid when I when I came into this game, it was very different." And on the week of a Fed meeting, um, you know, I remember my first week on the trading floor uh, in the mid '90s, 
And, and you, know, you have this guy on every trading floor called the tape watcher. And, and he, he truly stood next to, you know, what was, you know, the, uh, the, the Reuters uh, you know, headlines that were coming through. But he would yell over the box. And when, you know, the Friday morning payroll number was, was, was you know, something that you were in your seat ready to go. And there were always fireworks. And, and I feel like, you know, we're back in a world where we just don't know what the Fed's going to do as much as the Fed's telling you. Um, and trying to tell you that, listen to us, we're, we're, we're trying to, to increase communication and transparency. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're in that environment. And, and I, I heard you guys talking a bit about the Fed. I think the markets are still kind of underestimating the Fed's resolve. Um, and, and, you know, the, the world of, of 75 bips on Wednesday and 50 in December um, okay. seems to me like what the market thinks is a pivot. And, and I'm just not sure it is. Yeah, well, that's just it. Like I, I look at this market and we've had a pretty good rally. And I think, you know, if I'm Powell right now, I'm thinking, man, inflation hasn't come down at all. Now asset prices are going on us again. We're seeing oil prices come back up. I think if I'm in his head, I'm not going to give any indication of a pivot whatsoever because it's counterproductive to what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. So we've had a nice run in stocks up into this Fed meeting here. How are you approaching this Fed meeting? Well, I, I think... You know, the other side of this is everyone's well, whoa, what was that? Everyone's well flagged on, I don't know what's going on. Um, somebody, somebody, I think there's a, one of the Islanders came into the house and checked down my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they put a good licking on us the other night. Um, you're counterbalanced by what you guys talk about all the time, which is positioning sentiment and, and trading dynamics and the professional community that's very hedged up and, and you know, going into, uh, uh, this current rally, I think you had record S&P shorts out there hedging and, and uh, you know, off that CPI low of about two weeks ago, two and a half, what are we, you know, 13, 14 percent up on, on the NASDAQ and, and semiconductors. And, and I, I like we're also now into this seasonal part of the year. So between sentiment positioning, cash levels, um, can we go a little higher? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's notable, though, that this move in markets um, came more or less with a Fed law. And, and we've had these windows. And if you think about the windows and even off the, the June window um, was was, uh, you know, the June lows were, were really built off of that Fed meeting where people got over full uh, bared up. You, you had the, the Fed fund futures curve really, you know, reset higher. And then we kind of work it off. And I and I feel like we're going to have to go through another one of these periods with the Fed. Um, I You know, on the market, I I. I I love Twitter, um, and it's I love it for you'll see what the world exists uh, on Twitter in a in an Elon Twitter, um, but I love the unbridled, uncensored nature of it on some level. I don't like some of the things they they say about my Rangers, but but um, I always get heat for why are you guys so negative on Apple and and you know what's up with that and 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 to me I, I love Apple. In fact, I I think it's 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 the greatest company in the world, not only in their ability to 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 here we go. Skate where the puck is going. Uh, I mean, what, what they've done with services, what they've done with new devices, what they've done with innovation when people said they're not innovating. Um, Tim Cook is, is, is not Steve Jobs. Tim Cook is, is uh, um, you know, absolutely the, the COO that, that, that really is the CEO and, and has moved into that role. And my big issue with Apple is they just haven't warned on demand. So, so I, I just until the largest company in the world uh, both consumer, you know, call it consumer discretionary meets almost even consumer staples. Uh, it, you know, we just haven't heard uh, from from some of the companies that need to tell us that there's going to be a pullback in this consumer. And when everybody's got a job, um, the consumer is not going to pull back that aggressively. So, 
So you're married between fundamentals, which on some level are not terrible, um, positioning, which is prepared for terrible, um, the future that doesn't look so great in terms of the impact of 400, 450 basis points of Fed tightening, and we really haven't seen the consumer uh, start to crumble. We're starting to see credit card debt go through the moon. We're starting to see the impact of HELOC loans. We're seeing the housing market slow down and, and what that actually means for the stock market. And, and back to what you said, I think I think the Fed is very happy to see tighter financial conditions and therefore um, they really aren't focused on the market right now. They don't have to be. So Dennis, is look, he looks uh, for value stocks in his uh, portfolio as of late. He looks uh, similar to his hockey drafts here. Uh, I mean, a wicked rotation here. Now, is this just, you know, with the tech stocks coming off, uh, a, a decade maybe plus move in the tech stocks, a move into value? Is this, are they just reading these stocks? Uh, you know, we're going through a rocky period. You saw the money come out of utilities. Is this, you know, is this like, a, are, are we looking at something that you're, everyone's looking like, oh, look at this big rally in value stocks. Is this something where it's just getting going? Well, if, if you look at the underperformance of, of semis to the NASDAQ and the NASDAQ to the S&P, and you look at some of those ratios, you guys do this all the time and investors do it. You know, you, if you do your if you do your Q's uh, divided by your spies, if you do your your you know, SMH divided by your spies or your Q's, you can see that the, the leadership of the last certainly five years and, and last decade has been lagging for some time. Um, I think the other dynamic that that people tend to miss sometimes value um, when you're a commodity stock is by definition what you are value when you're an industrial stock is by net definition what you are um, they're going to be cheap to tech stocks they trade cheap uh, you know people look at at, at uh, sometimes emerging markets when people talk about em is cheap and we won't get into that because you know china could be an entire show for us but they they trade cheap because you know 60 percent of the index are banks and 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 commodity stocks uh, and resource plays and those are always you know, those trade between five and, and 10 times EV EBITDA. So, you know, let's define value. Um, the, the question is, do you think that big industrial companies are, are going to outperform in, in, in the next uh, you know, three to, to, to 15 months? And, and I'm not so sure. Um, I think they have room to, to continue to move. You, you know, I, I love Ford and GM as companies that have also recrafted their business model and are run better than ever. Um, you know, right now we even hear from, you know, you heard this from NXPI, uh, you know, auto, auto semiconductor dynamics are, are improving a bit. Auto sector hasn't fallen yet. You can't tell me um, that the auto sector is not going to see a pullback in demand. And unfortunately, they couldn't deliver cars to people when they really wanted them. And, and I, I, as much as I love those companies, and, and I think they've priced in a hell of a lot of pain, and I'm long for it in GM, um, I'm not sure they're going to lead us out of this, you know, and, and uh, but I do think that healthcare. And, and I do think that big pharma and I do think that energy are going to continue to outperform. And, and, and uh, I know, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, you know, revisionist history going on and I, you know, people that say I've loved energy for a long time and this and that. I mean, um, I, I think, you know, what, what energy is, is doing right now is reminding us that, uh, you know, 10 years ago, certainly 15 years ago, we described the strategic assets of the world were resource companies. They weren't tech companies. Um, and, and, you know, then data became the new oil. Um, oil is still the new oil. And, and I, I just think that energy demand is underestimated uh, in a world where we've underinvested in this and, and uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. I love energy companies. Um, I feel like I have for a while. Um, part of the dynamic here is also if you look at the analyst community, uh, they are now 
uh, you know, Exxon reports a couple of days ago, they were you know, record profitability for a company that you can't believe they're doing this again. Um, and most analysts are doing this with, with their average oil price below $70. That's where their model is. Um, you know, at this point, the math of 2022 says that the, the, the average oil price in your model um, needs to be 103 bucks. So I just think you're going to continue to see upgrades. I think at 5% of the S&P weighting, it has to go a lot higher. Remember, it was 16% at its peak. And, and, um, and, and again, I say this over and over again. People get tired of hearing it. These are companies that are run for equity investors, not debt investors. Um, so it used to be growth at all costs. And let's just repay the debt, the debt holders. And in some cases, they couldn't do that. Now it's actually giving money back to shareholders. There's almost a competition on payout ratios. So, um, I, you know, still like energy. And I, and I, and I, it's, it's hard to say energy leads, but I, I do think we're going to be in an environment where some of the same stocks that have worked for the last three to six months are going to continue to work. Let's talk about another area that, of course, you have insight into, Tim. Let's talk about cannabis, right? And it looks like uh, Chuck Schumer has been stating that they're very close to passing the cannabis banking and expungement legislation. What do you feel about this and how will this really change the industry? Yeah, hold on a second. Before I do that, let me go over and get my, um, hey, my hey. Get, uh, cannabis finance reporter of the year award. Nice. There um, you go. Man, I like uh, it. Displayed right in the bedroom too. We like that. Well, yeah. I mean, this is this is. Uh, uh, let's just say that it needs to be needs to be witnessed for all all things here. Um, <laughs> so, look, the, the Schumer comments to me. Let's be careful. Once again, there's been so much, uh, you know, in the way of political wrangling, both in the cannabis sector and as we go into, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're counting down a week into midterms here. Um, I just think that that you have to be careful about these headlines. That you have to be careful about the Biden headlines of, of three weeks ago. Um, I think there's 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 no question that there is a real conversation going on in Washington and with people that matter. Um, you know whether the Senate Finance Committee or the Banking Committee are are ready to really move on proper legislation. Whether there 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 is you know Chuck Schumer is scrambling going into a lame duck session to get anything done while he's got the control he's got. Uh, I'm not going to forecast where we end up in the House and the Senate after midterms. I'm just going to say that, that if we do get something, I think it's going to be very incremental. And what I'll say, though, is that's very important. And, and, and I wish these guys had recognized incremental uh, you know, victories along the road uh, a year and a half ago, because I think we could have gotten uh, some, some basic banking that builds you a foundation from which you can actually get um, real progressive, uh, both criminal justice reform, rescheduling, tax reform, um, things for the industry. Uh, so I, I think, um, you know, Washington's a big deal in terms of the sector and how it trades. There's no question about it. Uh, headlines yesterday got people very excited. You had the news last week where Canopy Growth came forward with a, a new structure that allows them to consolidate their U.S. assets under a holding company um, and, and still at least maintain their, their U.S. listings. Let's see. Uh, by the way, there's still some debate about that. Uh, meanwhile, the TSX, which people forget is, is you know, the third largest exchange in the world is saying, you know, we're on board for this. And I actually think that would be very important for the cannabis space. Uh, I think there's a lot of the, the, the multi-state operators that, that would be very happy to be listed in Toronto. And I do think it would be a victory for the sector. Uh, we've got uh, earnings coming up tonight. You're going to get actually purely for tomorrow. You're going to get them report after the bell. Uh, you've got a dynamic where I think we're, we're, we're seeing some of the leadership 
the leading companies that are showing that they're starting to see a little bit of margin uh, accretion as they can pull back on CapEx as a lot of big projects are rolling offline. Um, cannabis investors need to be patient and, and they, they need to understand why they're investing in the space. Um, an addressable market that grows every day, uh, a consumption and a demographic uh, profile that actually fits multiple different demographics, uh, advertisers, and you hear this from a couple companies with, within the, uh, the software and, and the digital space and cannabis, um, their demo is something, and that data is something that they're actually selling into some of the biggest companies in the world. There's no question uh, that at some point, red states, uh, you've got guys in DC that are gonna come home to red states that have an adult program they didn't have last year. It's all moving in a direction that if you had asked me five years ago, if you'd asked me three years ago, would we be here in terms of the size of the market, the progress in DC, um, I'd, I'd say no. Um, would I have thought that asset prices would be higher, especially where uh, the top lines continue to grow, albeit at a slower pace? Yes. Uh, people also forget that that, that inflation, uh, the head, headwinds for the consumer, the Fed, all the things, uh, the recession that may or may not be priced in are things that hit the cannabis consumer as much or more than anyone, because right now, at least, uh, you know, it's still a very cash-based business, and you can see where that's, that's hitting people hardest. So, um, long way of saying in CNBS, my cannabis ETF, we're, we're investing in the companies that we think are not only executing today, but we're, we're investing in the places where we think investors should be positioned for tomorrow. And, and I think that's how you're supposed to invest in cannabis. People dubbed it the generational trade, the easiest trade of a lifetime. It's the hardest industry I've ever seen. And, and I'm an emerging markets investor by background and by trade. And I, I it, you know, I shake my head every day at the dynamic that the industry needs to fight. The, the folks that are successful here are doing it in one of the most difficult environments ever. So great that those headlines were out there. Um, it's moved prices higher. I think prices are probably going to continue to go higher. Remember, um, cannabis is always going to be a high beta to the markets overall, I think. Uh, and, and so we've had a sweet spot for markets. It's been a good spot for cannabis. Tim, I mean, the one thing about this rally in the U.S. markets, it's really taking place kind of all on its own. We know what's going on in, in China with the COVID lockdowns, uh, Europe. Uh, we think we have bad inflation. They have worse inflation. Are you just sticking with your money at home? Or do you see, I mean, I'm looking at the FXI, just I'm getting a little bit of a bounce today. I any interest, you know, besides the U.S. markets, or are you sticking close to home with your investments? Well, I, I no, I'm I'm a global investor, and and uh, you know, I think finding high div companies that are multinationals, but even the ones that don't call the U.S., they're domiciled on a multinational, so not necessarily a Procter and Gamble or you know, or or an Intel or but but how about you know how about a uh, a Unilever, how about a Siemens, um, how, how, how about some of the Japanese banks? So um, I think you can find great divs. I think you can find sustainable uh, companies. I also think that yesterday's dollar headwind is really a tailwind for tomorrow. Um, dollars moved 28 percent, you know, off of uh, April 2021. It's not going to move 28 percent higher in 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 22, 23, and if it does, we're all going to be underneath our desks. So um, I, I, I think investing away from the index and emerging has looked like genius. Um, and, and obviously, as a guy that's been mostly trading uh, your, your Baba's and Tencent's, and, and even though I, I, you know, I have to say that I, I believed in those companies as an investor for a long time, and it's been 
it's been frustrating. And, and, you know, the whole China investable story, we're having it on the network, we're having it yeah. um, everywhere. But as someone that's been investing in EM for 25 years, you've made the most money by not tracking the MSCI EM. So the EEM um, is a vehicle. It just made new 25 year lows to the S&P. Um, the, the Lula presidency in Brazil, I think, is going to be very constructive. I'm not telling you that he's suddenly the, the, the cheerleader for, you know, our form of, of democracy, but it's not Brazil's form of, of, of socialism either uh, of, of the 70s and the 80s and, and, and even the 90s. I think that the resource economy is going to continue to outperform. I think if you look at the, the FX in, in both Brazil and in other EMs, you make 50% of your return in emerging markets by uh, your form, your FX. And, and I, again, I, I think that the dollar's uh, most significant run is behind us. So, um, you know, I like I like buying the consumer in other parts of EM. I, I think that the... Uh, uh, the Indonesian market is very interesting. You have both an energy exposure and a consumer share class there. Um, so I'd say I urge to investors, uh, don't give up on the international markets. I, I think, in fact, you, you've got enormous opportunities, uh, especially in some companies uh, that are, you know, let, let's, you don't have to invest in, in some EM banks here because at times they've been the center of the storm. But um, these are very different balance sheets than, than those banks you saw in, in the late 90s or early 2000s. So um, they, they've dealt with hyperinflation a, a lot more than we have here. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today, Tim Seymour, CNBC's Fast Money, CIO of Seymour Asset Management. And definitely, if you guys get a chance, check out the Amplify Seymour Cannabis ETF, CNBS. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you, Tim. That's great, great Tim. You. Great segment. Thank Thanks. you. All right, um, let's check in on the markets. How we doing, Joel? We're just climbing. I mean, we hit we hit thirty nine twenty eight. Uh, you know, it's one of those days where you know if you're looking through file through through the pre market high, uh, we're coming into some some mid September highs, uh, thirty nine thirty three, and then uh, thirty nine thirty six and a quarter. If the bulls can get through there. We get we're wide open to the upside here. I just you know was kind of looking for this resistance to be tested yesterday. It's being tested today, but uh, I'm just looking across the board here. Uh, my top components I'm looking at the only one that's um in the red mm -hmm. is uh is J and J, and that's because uh, they had the deal. But you yeah, have Lily, Lily up. and J and J. Yeah, yep, you got your tech up. I mean, what do you think about the tech? I mean, some people were in this yesterday, Dennis, uh, the Microsoft, the Googles, did you see what they did to Meta yesterday? I, know, I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah. what didn't they do to Meta? Uh, it, it's just been an awful story. Um, makes new lows. I, I don't know where, like at, that, that, at a certain point in time, there is value in Meta. We've talked about this before here, but value <laughs> investors in Meta have just been hammered and core businesses are under attack from TikTok. They don't know what they are. You know, we were on this show saying, you know, we thought it was going to be a $99 stock. That has happened. I didn't mm. anticipate $93. I kind of thought I hit 99 and then maybe stabilize for a bet. But the selling pressure just does not stop. They absolutely hate this company right now. I, I consider them a gaming company now. And so it's about where is that going to be valued at, right? Is it Why? a... Why is it a gaming company now? Because it's a yeah. meta company. 
No, it's uh, it's it's, it's not though. That's the problem. They they want to be a meta company, but that's they're what they're so going to get value removed at. from that. Yeah. Like we all want to be something, you know. What do you want to mm-hmm. be when you grow up? Well, you know, I wanted to be a doctor for a long time, or I wanted Did to you? be a lawyer. Oh. I want to even be a police officer. I ended up a stock trader. So what does Meta want to be when they grow up? They want to be a metaverse company, but they're not a metaverse company. They're a company that has Instagram and fa- legacy Facebook. It's bombarding me with ads, not recession-proof, completely under attack from TikTok. So, you know, you look at that and you think, what are they? They're definitely not what they say they are. They're not a metaverse company yet. Maybe they eventually want to become that, but they are a company that is under attack from TikTok. And they're a long ways away from making money on this metaverse. Uh, a point of that is to look at the capitalization of some of the top gaming companies, like even ATVI, the top gaming company, fifty-seven uh, billion, right? And we're talking about Meta, where it's right now at what two hundred and sixty-six billion. So I think in in this case, it's more along what are they going to be valued in it, even if they are a gaming. What's company, the market right? cap of Meta yet? Right now, I have. Um, Capitalization at two hundred and sixty-six point six billion. Oh, it's still worth a lot of money. It, that's what I'm saying. It's still worth a lot of money here. I don't know Man. where it's going to get to. Where would that market cap get to? Almost a trillion dollars. How is investors paying almost a trillion dollars for this company? I, I'm, I guess you know they just kept thinking you know this is the future of advertising and everybody's going to be there. But TikTok is what has happened to Meta. It isn't anything else. It's TikTok. When we started looking at TikTok videos a year ago, when my wife moved off Pinterest and moved off, you know, Facebook and started laughing at all these TikTok videos, the writing was on the wall. Sometimes you just got to look at what, you know, people are doing around you and you can get ahead of the trade because the market is always slow to respond. Everybody thinks we have this, well, not everybody, but some people believe in this efficient market hypothesis. I believe in the inefficient market hypothesis. The market is almost the last to know in a lot of cases. And in this case, the writing was on the wall. Zuckerberg, when he's trying to change the name of the company, knew the writing was on the wall. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they say in the last conference call, "Oh, we believe we're gaining share, you know, on TikTok." Give me a break. Give me hopeful thinking, <laughs> Mr. Zuckerberg, because you're getting TikToked to death. So I don't know when the party turns around here. There is value. There is cash. There is core businesses. But until you come up with a TikTok where everybody's got to be. I think the stock continues to underperform. All right, I'm going to hop out of here. 41 handles is where we're at. 39.24, bumping up against the highs of the pre-market session. If the bulls really want to take control of the day, 39.36 and a quarter uh, was a, a high from September 20th. So we get above that. Things are pretty wide open. I, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of uh, expectations here over, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow with the Fed and the Fed pivot. So uh, it's just, uh, I'll be cautious on that note. So uh, I'll let you guys finish up and um, I'll check in with you later on. All right. I'm out to money, Mitch. Chat, right. thanks. Chat was great today. I get so many good ideas from the chat. Keep giving us those stock symbols. Keep reaching out to me on Twitter Heck because yeah. I get great ideas from you guys. Obviously, more eyes are better than two eyes. So uh, keep giving us those ideas. Find me those value drug stocks again. I don't know who I got the OGN from, but um, it, it, you know, find us those value value stocks, value plays. Stocks with low PEs that are stable um, are really an attractive uh, investment right now.
All right, and I'll let uh, Dennis get out of here. I'll cover one more stock for you guys. I know that you guys wanted to cover SoFi. We weren't able to get to it, but I'll cover it for you guys here. I'll put a 15-minute chart so you guys can see the recent run in the pre-market here. It came in with an EPS loss of $0.09, beating the loss of $0.10. Estimated uh, adjusted sales at $419.26 million beating the 392.76 million estimate. This is the type of stock that I'd watch today. See if it gets appreciated off of this earning report, right? They're still losing money, but will it get appreciated? Will some of these growth stocks start making a run back? And another thing that I'll keep in mind, will some of these defensive names start turning around? Right. These are the names that have really ripped in the last, let's say, week or so. I've seen about 7% move in the overall sector. If you take a look, look at the farming products, look at beverages, look at grocery stores, look at pharmaceutical, food distribution, packaged food. These are the industry moves they've been really pushing. Will these turn around? And will we turn away from some value names and rotate into growth? That's one area that I'll be watching today. Like always, you guys can keep up with us right here, of course, on Benzinga. Up next, we got Benzinga TV, which includes, of course, live trading, Benzinga uh, Live, and, of course, stock market movers that will be coming up later today. You guys stick around. Right here is where you want to be on Benzinga. Hit the thumbs up on your way out. And let's go get you over to some live trading action. Come over, team. See what you guys check out today. And later today, don't miss it. Of course, we'll have earnings calls right here on Benzinga. Tonight, we have AMD's earnings call. It's going to be definitely an earnings report to catch. Catch that right here on Benzinga. Q3 earnings from AMD. We'll see what they give us today. And I'll see you a little bit later. Come over to live trading starting up in just about a minute. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.